Hello and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and I'm still recovering from a knee injury from beginner yoga three months ago. Today's chat is for everyone looking to make crafts for a living, and that's because I'm chatting with a puppet set and prop fabricator, a stop motion animator, and a super cool cosplay artist, all of which happen to be the same person, and her name is Megan Hetler. And fun fact, we went to Sheridan College together, and we both worked on the Stupid Buddy production Ultra City Smiths together. Now, in our chat, Megan is going to share how she got into puppet fabrication in the first place, how she got her first paid gig in it, and how she continues to pursue that dream career of making crafts for animation for a living. But first, this episode is sponsored by my friends over at Hue, makers of colorful, affordable USB cameras and animation software for creative teaching, work, and play. Available from HueHD.com and Amazon, the new Hue HD Pro camera features 1080p image and video resolution, a built-in microphone and LED lights. Their funky, flexible plug-and-play cameras are easy to use, and they're compatible with any apps that recognize USB cameras, including Discord, DragonFrame, OBS, Twitch, Google Meet, Zoom, and many more. Visit HueHD.com for more information and follow at Hue Cameras on Instagram or Twitter for news, freebies, and giveaways. Now, without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Megan. Hi. Hi, Terry. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. How are you, Terry? I'm good. I'm ready to grill you. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. You're like, please grill no. me like a pork chop. It's First okay. of all, just tell me, tell me, like, you know, when you are writing down on a government form, what your profession is. What do you put? <laughs> <laughs> I still put animator because. Everything I usually find that says like fabricator is like related to steel, like steel fabrication <laughs> or something like that. And like puppeting, I guess there's always like puppetry, but not like stop motion. So I just put animation. Okay. So what do you put? Uh, animator, I guess, too. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. This is still kind of new to me before I was a student. I was a student last year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's weird drop-down menus. You can't even like type out what you want, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> animator, but you're you consider yourself a puppet fabricator first and foremost. I would. I consider myself kind of a like a like a sixty forty split puppeting forty or making puppets like sixty, animating like forty. I still do like animating. I still animate here and there. Okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So when you say puppet fabricator, you're talking about stop motion specifically. Yes, yes. So are you working on anything cool right now? Oh gosh, no, not really. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, no, I am making, I am making a puppet, a felted puppet. Um, I might be working with Teus later um, in 2022 to do a little uh, course about stop motion felting oh maybe i should take that <laughs> Actually, as though, if you don't already i don't know how to felt though i know how to like wrap felt sheets around like styrofoam that's how i make all my characters but felting yeah. is just like i i just don't know I, okay i mean you got half of it right there <laughs> <laughs> okay um so how let's talk about how you actually i think this is really cool and also you're mm -hmm. super talented and oh, thank you um I have so many random questions. Can I just ask you a random question right now? Yeah, let's go. If you're comfortable, how much is getting a felted 
puppet made costs like for a professional Gosh. production like what should i be budgeting when i'm like doing my next production like a thousand dollars like two thousand five hundred two hundred like what is the is there a range or is it always like you start with a crazy armature and then like go from there i would have to say and i mean you know this <laughs> but it would depend on like the animation needs right so yeah. how simple how simple is the animation are we talking like a minute long thing where the puppet doesn't really need to move too much are we talking lots of expression like okay so say i have like a commercial a commercial project mm -hmm. uh the commercial is 30 seconds spot for tv and i want felted people that walk around and talk mm -hmm. like wh where do you start with that like how do you like do, do you have to get like crazy custom-made armatures with like you know that are soldered and ball and socket joints are you making oh, wire you could definitely get away with wire you know good old wire does the trick pretty good um i don't know i think felting is very affordable and that's part of the charm and beauty of it is it's really not as hard as a lot of people think it is like you're like i don't i can learn more about felting and i suppose we could all learn more about everything but you really do have the the base idea it's just like sculpting except with wool and a little sharp pokey needle and you kind of okay can you take me through the process of how you would create a like a like a human character that's felted like what are the materials mm. you're using how do you build it up well the way you were describing it with using foam is something i would do i have tried making puppets that are entirely built up with felt um, and they never, they don't move as well from my experience. Hmm. Um, but I would build it up with, instead of styrofoam, maybe more of a upholstery foam hmm. that's got more of a squish to it. You can kind yeah. of like felt into it a little bit easier. Um, and yeah, just wrapping, wrapping that with the wool, felting it in real good with that needle. Um, it, it's just, it's so simple. It's honestly so easy. It's just, it's a very forgiving material that yeah. if, if something breaks, you can cut it open, fix something, patch it back up. Huh. You um, can just cut it open. No problem. Yeah. I mean, you can always felt more on top of it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But I mean, for an entire process, I would say it's no different than making, uh, you know, your normal, your normal puppet. You're just swapping out latex or silicone whatever other finish you do with you know with felt yeah most most puppets cool. have that like upholstery foam build up i feel see that is a tip that i really didn't know until i went by stop motion department <laughs> and then i immediately bought a giant roll of cushion foam foam yeah foam? but i haven't foam? used it yet because i just haven't figured out how to use it oh, so this is this is like a little yeah, tutorial okay. for me because i actually need to make a puppet like next week for a project okay. well, <laughs> i'm like please more... yeah okay i guess i need to get more detailed i'm like warming up my brain i would use is it yeah contact cement is oh, my uh... instead of hot glue oh gosh yeah i try not to use hot glue for much it's like a desperation slash oh, something I, like a removable if it's if it's something i want to be able to remove later you can re you can remove contact cement 
Oh, hot glue. Sorry, not contact. Cement. Oh, hot glue. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would I use contact cement to uh, glue foam together. Um, I try not to felt through that bit because if it's really built up, it can gunk up your needle. But mm. as smelly and stinky as it is, I find that it's the <laughs> it gets the job done the best. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm working on a puppet right now just so I can take pictures as I go, so I can have some better material visually for that workshop nice nice cool yeah so let's talk about how you got into this because like you know i feel like it's a very niche thing to be like i'm a professional felt puppet maker and that's oh. my career you know like because stop <laughs> I mean, motion is already pretty niche and to like work in puppetry in stop motion like i'm super interested at what point did you get the confidence to pursue just this creative career in your life where you're like you know what i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go to sheridan college and this is what i'm gonna be instead of all the other things that i could be well first of all i don't know about felt stop motion that's just that's just a part of it i don't know if i have the confidence there's definitely stop motion felters out there you know okay but to be like to get into the animation industry then Mm -hmm. well i definitely knew i wanted to do animation uh it took me you know, I went back, I went to school, like, as a mature student, and it did take me a while to be like, yes, I'm going to do this, and... So what were you doing before that point? Just boring office jobs. Yeah. Honestly, nothing that's even (laughs) worth talking about. It was just very mundane, like, sure, it didn't pay minimum wage, but it was very... So how did it, how did it feel not doing animation, wanting to do animation and doing a boring office job? Like internally, what was that, that feeling for you? I mean, it's just one of the, you only live once, Terry, you know, just like had that epiphany of like, okay, I got to take my shot with animation. Yeah. I, I saved up enough money where I felt confident that I wouldn't totally bomb everything. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just a quarter life crisis. I'm not sure. <laughs> Something along those lines, <laughs> you know. No, but that's incredible, and that's incredibly brave too. To because you also had to save for quite a while. I mean, yeah. I mean, you too. Don't sell oh, yourself short true. either. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I think that's I I have a a huge respect for you because you did this like you know I think it takes a lot of bravery and courage to say like you know I'm going to massively change all the patterns in my life Mm. to pursue this future that I have no idea about and just hope for the best and hope that this like feeling within my heart is true like did you did it feel like that I mean yeah you're right don't get me emotional Terry what the heck (laughs) get emotional I mean it was (laughs) was an Oprah moment (laughs) okay yeah I mean you're right it was it was very stressful it was a gamble like there was there was a lot of times where I was like not sure I had made the right choice or well what do you mean like like, fully like you're already at Sheridan and you're questioning why you're there no just like the 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 preparation and like getting up geared up to do it and so how did it feel once you made that switch like the first day you walked into like Sheridan College or whatever it was that you confident like you maybe you moved Mm. to Oakville or something it felt really good 
I mean, I didn't move to Elkville. I stayed in Toronto, yeah. which the commute sucked, but it was one of those things I just had to do. There was a lot of things it was just like I had to deal with to even go to school. Right. Um, like sacrifices, if you will. But yeah, the first day walking around Sheridan and seeing all the art in the halls and especially walking by the little stop motion section and seeing the puppets on the walls from shows I used to watch as a kid. Like I hadn't decided to do stop motion at that point but that's definitely still something that like stuck up in my mind like what look at that display why oh my gosh I remember those characters wow kind of thing I'm sure you had a, a similar like wow look at those guys totally moment. like every time I know exactly the display you're walking you're talking about every time I walked by it mm -hmm. just felt like a special connection being like this is really cool and maybe that's why I'm here <laughs> yeah the like life's a zoo puppets and the totally 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 like I was watching that as a kid anyway so how so you went through the program and you fell into stop motion mm -hmm. well I guess it was at the end of the first year I started to think about it because there was that one assignment I mean first of all I've always had an interest in stop motion it's great it's fun but like yeah it's niche right it's I wasn't there to like do stop motion specifically. I was just like, I like animation. I like drawing, I can do this. Um, or I'm trying to do this at least, <laughs> I'm doing my best. Um, but there was that one assignment with Enzo's class. Yes. Yes, where it was like, do whatever you want, make a character. So I did a little like maquette and he really pushed me to be like, to think about stop motion anyway. And then I guess, second year I don't remember exactly what well there was a stop motion workshop where again you made another puppet we're sorry it was just an animation workshop but I wanted to make a new puppet to do that so I made another puppet to do that workshop um and I guess people just kept reacting really positively to my work and I really had fun doing it oh my goodness. and it was just really affirming and like I knew it was a gamble to like go into stop motion for the third year for the third year film um and I knew that it's like oh if I don't do 2D I'm taking like portfolio material away from myself and same again totally, for the fourth totally. year um and I mean it's still por portfolio material for for stop motion but you know even back then there were some professors who were very supportive and others who were like you know, are you sure you don't want to do this because you can do this instead? And it's like, well, I know I can be a backup. And I did have backups, you know, and I feel like you do on some level need to have some sort of backup. Like you don't necessarily stop doing 2D stuff, you know, you still oh, like, really? like doing other stuff, but I don't know. It was just a lot of I don't want to be like all oh, the positive feedback, but I, I it felt like I was doing a good job at it. And people were like, yes, you're doing a good job at it. And it didn't feel like it was just, it felt genuine and nice. Like there was one point where Chris, Chris Walsh told me after I had made the puppets for Plume, where he was like, I, these are better puppets than some like professional productions I've been on. And I was like, wow. And like, I felt genuine. It didn't felt like coddling or anything. It wasn't like, yeah. have little baby Amazing. fat bat. It was people being like, no, you're good at this. And I was like, oh, okay. Did you receive this trying. kind of feedback for your other 2D and 3D animation assignments as well? No, see, that's part, see that, there we go. There we go. That's part of why I decided to go into stop motion because 
you know, like I can draw, like I'm a competent artist, like my 2D stuff, like I can do layouts, I can do characters, it's fine. But like, I feel like if I'm being like totally honest with myself, like I'm pretty mid ground. Like if I looked at like my art and all my peers are like, I'm not bad, I'm not trying to beat myself down or anything. It's just like, there's a lot of good artists in the world, right? So it's like, I'm just, I'm there. I'm, I'm happy middle ground, but with stop motion and like, making stuff I felt like I shone a little bit and like yeah wow yeah so I wanted (sighs) one thing I have an opinion about for like students and like art in general is I don't know if I buy into the like if you work really 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 hard good things will happen like you know there's like a lot of unhealthy mentalities around art school and like burning yourself out and like only like I've made I've done so many like all-nighters for projects that I look back on like why did I even care about that project that was like not even that important for my art education overall like I didn't have the perspective at the time to be like that's important that is an important kind of thing yeah um but I do think if you work really hard at something you really care about the right people will notice and there's a difference between working really hard at everything and losing that perspective of like what you're actually good at or what you really want to do versus doing really good at that and waiting for the people who notice who care about that kind of thing to find totally, totally. no i i a thousand percent agree with this and and your story almost is similar to mine like I feel like Enzo's character design class in first year is so important because like I also for the first time tried to make a stop motion puppet for the last thing and that like re-sparked the love for stop motion inside of me. I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, this this assignment doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want. Exactly. I already got like 100% in this course because it's, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's whatever. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, so let's just try something. And then I ended up like putting like I don't know, a ridiculous amount of time and effort into this mm-hmm. little queen and duck puppet I made. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then that got a lot of attention just like you. And that kind of sparked something for me. I'm wondering, where would you be right now if you didn't pursue puppet making instead? Because mm. you said you felt like you were a very mid-level animator layout artist. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> ideally something like layout or character design I always kept like you know 2d rigged animation in my back pocket just because so you might be working at like guru or yowza or something on like productions probably something like that okay how did how does that feel to you right now if you were working there versus what you've done I mean I still think it would be very fulfilling and like fun like animation is animation I'd be happy to as long as I'm working in art, I think I'd be, you know, pretty content with everything. But having been able to work in stop motion and be on productions of various degrees, it is very fulfilling. It does feel very nice. Yeah. I love well, that there's like stop motion in Toronto and we can help keep it in Toronto. Yes, please. <laughs> no, I love what you said earlier about it, it's not so much hard work. It's about doing something, putting that hard work into something that you love because you are going to stand out if you're having fun. The right people are going to notice. Like, I feel like I feel like in any industry in the world, you know, the people that are passionate about it notice other people who are passionate about it. Like even myself, like I'm on Instagram every single day 
uh, just waiting to be inspired basically by other people. And if something comes up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'll immediately follow that person, start commenting. I might even get in touch with them, ask them to come on the podcast. <laughs> like, you know, like that's just how you like you meet people and you get jobs and stuff. Like, I think because you had so much fun making these puppets and you focused on that and like put your heart into it, I think that's a direct result of the jobs you've been able to land and what you're working on now, which I think is really cool. Cause also you're a really cool puppet maker and like your work speaks for itself. (laughs) Terry, I'm blushing. You should. (laughs) Gosh. Okay. So tell me, so tell Mm -hmm. me about, you know, you graduate from school, Mm -hmm. then what, like now you're like, Hey, I'm this puppet puppet person. What do I do now? Cause school is like a bubble of not reality at the same time, you know, like, so how did you get your first paid puppet gig and how did that happen I guess I have (laughs) I have basically stop motion department to thank for everything you know I love you Evan I love you Phil I think everybody Uh, (laughs) in Canada has the stop motion department to thank for everything (laughs) thanks guys um so I did my internship at Sheridan the one that we do over the summer between third and fourth year at stop motion department Um, and how did how did that come to be uh, it was wonderful. It was great. It was perfect. No, it but was, I mean, like, oh. you know, when you're picking internships, like, why were they like, oh, Megan is cool. Let's let's hire her versus like, I don't know, somebody oh, else. Gosh, you know what? Well, actually, I have a little bit of a story, and I had a theory for a while, which I think Corinne got confirmed. I can't remember. Oh. But the internship, there was only one slot for it, um, and obviously, both Corinne, um, who was in my her was in my year and is also a dear friend of ours works in stop motion have you had her on the podcast not yet oh should bug her anyway um so we both interviewed for this position and like you know we're good friends so it was like this weird it was never weird because we didn't want to compete with it, each other it was just like we like each other too much to really compete, but we are kind of competing. It's kind of weird. We both but, need to get this job. Yeah, but we both want this position, yada, yada. Um, but our interviews ended up touching. Um, they were like beside each other or whatever. So we kind of just like had them together and had like a little tour together. And like, and Corinne and I, we get along. We're friends, right? So there wasn't like this weird energy between us or anything. We're just like being normal while we have this process. Anyway um cut forward however many weeks or whatever and we both got the internship and I was always like I think we both got it because we got along so well and they wanted to hire both of us because we got along so well like I'm not sure and I think and I think Corinne commented once about it to Evan and he said something that sounded like yes but (laughs) (laughs) point is getting along well with people is important so you had already nice is important. Yeah, no, I, I'm a, a thousand percent, especially in stop motion where everybody knows each other and you have mm-hmm. to work together. Like there's nobody else to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you had put together. So for the internship, you're like, I'm going to do stop motion as my number one thing. So here's my little demo reel of my third year group film, the puppets I make, and I'm only applying to like stop motion stuff. Yeah, I did. I did apply to a couple other things as like, you know, again, backup, but that was the position I was gunning for. There was the one stop motion position. It was local, like, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember actually what requirements we had to do. It was probably like, you know, submit your your portfolio type thing, which I would have had at that point. But 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah. then you graduate school, you have this internship under your belt, you have a cute mm -hmm. little portfolio. What was your, <laughs> what was, yeah. what happened after that? Well, during the internship, I had worked on a Let's Go Luna like little bit, which yeah, you also did, yay. So I had worked on one of those and done, I had done puppets, I had done some animation for it, I had done some compositing for it, I like gotten my fingers into all the little bits. And then also like worked on Shaman's Apprentice, which yeah. was an honor, yeah. So that was after school, after school was done. No, that was during the internship. Still in the internship, um, okay. Yeah, so I had already had done that kind of stuff um, in my internship. So after graduating, there was a couple other Let's Go Luna bits that uh, they got me to do puppets for, and then Hazal animated on. So that was very satisfying seeing my puppets animated by such a talented animator. Hi, Hazal. <laughs> I bet she's listening. She listens to all of my episodes. So I'm, she's probably listening yeah. to it. Hi, Hello, Hazal. Hazal. <laughs> yeah, hi. hi from the past. <laughs> Hazal, you're a great animator and your stuff is so impressive. Okay, oh, cool. So and we miss you. And we miss you. So <laughs> um, so after school, you got to work on all these cute mm -hmm. little projects with mm -hmm. stop motion apartments. Yes. And then of course, Stupid Buddies opened in Toronto. So everything pretty much just lined up for you as soon as yeah. you graduated. It was like, really weird. Like COVID and all of the closures, you know, my year was the year that I got hit with it for graduation. So it was definitely like, everything was cut off everything is online now so it wasn't even online because they were still trying to figure out what the heck to do yeah it was like um all of our yeah. assignments got turned into like oh you're supposed to do a full animation 20 second animation draw me 10 poses just on pieces of paper take a picture with your camera and send them in like that yeah like, and for me i had like i was i had been animating and i had like i don't remember how much footage i had i had but then it was just like, oh, everything's closed. Yeah, kind of in that mentality motion. of like, yeah, it was kind of in that mentality of like, maybe I can go in next week and pick everything up. No, it, it was very frantic and difficult. Anyway, point is, it was that messed up my graduation and my thesis film, but weird domino effect, you know, stupid buddy opens up in Toronto. So like, I, I guess silver linings, you know? Uh. So how yeah. was it working at Stupid Buddy when suddenly you're working with like a team, mm -hmm. crazy materials, yeah. uh, 25, I don't know how many animators, animators who are constantly breaking things, including- I it was like 40. I feel 40, like maybe no, I was breaking the most stuff. Maybe not. I don't know. No, no, you were fine. You were I was fine. fine. Okay. I always felt bad. But anyways, no. how was that? How was that whole experience going from like a very small production at Stop Motion, Stop mm -hmm. Motion Department where they're working with like five people? um with like your own materials and stuff that you buy to suddenly working with a hundred a team of like a hundred people in a giant studio with stages and like tons of materials and professional puppets that are built like gosh yeah it was a kind of a nice slow amp up actually which was kind of which was nice because of warming up for how to socialize again after being locked up so long yeah. actually because we did uh, Hmm? random question how did how did they why did they hire you because like you know uh a huge company mm -hmm. comes to Canada and is like I want people with tons of experience with puppet fabrication mm -hmm. um I I just don't know you know like well I guess it was when Phil and Evan were setting up the studio and trying to get everything started and when everything was still work from home and they were just like 
making armatures and sanding hands and stuff. Um, yeah, they put me in contact with uh, the head of puppetry, Dan, and I, they were just basically like, hire this person, I guess. Hazal was there too, <laughs> because she was like, I wanted something to do, I guess. <laughs> so uh, for the first like a month or something, we we worked from home and spun armatures, spun armatures, uh, made armatures and so that was a that was a nice warm up, and again, it was nice. all because of Evan and Phil setting everything yeah. up, and them working with stupid buddies in Toronto. So it was all it was all thanks to Evan and Phil at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So no, working okay. for like six months ish, every single day, repairing. So first you built puppets, then repairing puppets. Yes. And they're also like because you're very used to making your own puppets in your own designs, kind of. Mm -hmm. And these puppets are like, you know, they're already designed. You're doing it for somebody else. Uh, is did you still find that this was your thing? You know, like I found the thing that I love to do. Yeah. I mean, I do. Again, I do still love animation and animating, um, but I really I really like puppet fabrication, too. It's hard. It's hard trying to choose because it's like you have two children, which one do you love more, you know, but yeah. um, doing puppet wrangling was kind of like a happy medium where I felt like I understood like both sides like okay, these are the animation needs but also this is how the puppet works and it was it was cool to see it from that perspective and to help all the animators don't worry Terry you didn't break things that much. <laughs> Um, but, oh gosh. So that's fine. So what is, what is the thing? So you just said, you know, you're tied between animation and puppet building right now. You're kind of doing some puppet building. What is it? What is it like at the end of the day, what do you want to do with your career? Like you, you gave up this whole other life. You saved for years. You went through school, you went through COVID. You've worked on these big productions. Like, you know, if you could have your, your dreams keep coming true, like what, what are you pursuing at the end of the day? Like you said, life is short and you only get one shot, right? Yeah, I do like um, trying to be versatile and like, you know, especially working on um, Ultra City Smiths. There were a lot of people who were kind of versatile, who like were animators, but also did art stuff sometimes and did jump around different departments because they are all connected at the end of the day, right? Like the more you understand about things, the better you can see the whole picture right yeah um and also just being able to hop around for different jobs is nice um so i would like to go back to animating as well hmm. like stop motion also, specifically yeah stop motion of course if i can stay in stop motion for the rest of my life that would be fantastic um but you know i don't i wouldn't want to give up puppet pup, like making puppets or puppet wrangling i suppose yeah. either like <laughs> In an ideal world, I'd be able to cycle through everything depending on the production and totally. what is needed at the time. So if you want to stay in stop motion for the rest of your life, you know, uh, you could go to Portland, uh, get a visa and like, you know, just hop around from studio to studio. You oh, yeah. The, like L.A., whatever, and stay there your whole life because there's so much going on. But in Toronto, like what are the opportunities? You know, the stupid buddy came to town. They had a production. You mentioned Teus. Uh like are you doing independent stuff or, or like like how would you right now with the situation in Toronto how would you be able to maintain a career I do think 
I mean, who knows what it's going to be like in the future. Um, hopefully stupid buddies will stay here and things will be a consistent flow of wonderful stop motion projects. Um, but I do think realistically, like, you know, having side side hustles, side projects that you're working on is important. Mm. Um, having versatility is important. So do you have some side hustles you're working on right now? I mean, I have an Etsy store. <laughs> what, are you, what are you selling your Etsy store, Megan? <laughs> oh, I hear that in your voice. Yes, I make anime merch and I sell like little keychains and things. Everyone needs to make money. That's cool. How, <laughs> how, no, I love that. And I, you know, whenever I go to like the comic and arts festivals and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the, the soap and there's like whatever. Is that lucrative or is it kind of like... Uh, it's more lucrative than you'd think for like a so what is your strategy yeah. there are you just are you doing like fan art of popular anime to and and hoping that people just find it or are you like yeah basically I mean I also just make things for things that I like and it ends up just selling again if you do things that you like people who care will find it <laughs> <laughs> not always true I feel like oh well well yeah no I know what you mean but like it helps if you like something that's very popular as well it does it does it like does. if you just love making spider-man merch you'll probably do better than if you love making like uh, some I don't know <laughs> some OC for yourself it's that true, nobody it's knows true. about <laughs> well if you're popular enough on the internet so are you people will buy with it. your anime keychains and stuff? Are you <laughs> are you making that all at home and then shipping it out, or do you work with like a supplier and you just upload your artwork and like I don't know? Yeah, it's that kind of process for the most part, where you can cool. make different products. Gosh, aren't we supposed to be talking about stop motion? <laughs> we can talk about whatever, whatever. This is just you know, this is your how did what is this career you're pursuing that's all this is yeah true well I mean again in an ideal world stop motion forever uh yeah I really thinking back to your office jobs where you had like stability but it was boring and not your thing versus now where you have to force yourself to be versatile and you know go with the flow of productions are there is do you do you ever miss uh what you gave up in some aspects for what you have now I mean, I'm just wondering if there's stability. somebody, uh, you know, in this in a similar situation that you used to be in, in your adult life where you were working an office job and you had this fire in your heart that you didn't pursue, like mm-hmm. talking now, are you totally happy that you did things the way you did them? I think I am like, sure. Sometimes it is a little stressful just working in contract work and that's how animation is in general, right? Like there's very few people who get to not be contract to contract um and that is a little daunting in general I feel and especially with stop motion where we're having you know periods where you know I'm like yeah hopefully stupid buddy will have something soon but there's like gaps where there isn't anything and Mm -hmm. in my ideal world you know there will be stop motion in Toronto consistently in the future and I know like there's people who have strong feelings about keeping stop motion in Toronto who are trying hard to do that. And I I would like to, I totally would go work in other studios in the States, but I also do really want to help foster what I can in Toronto. Not that I'm like, I can do much just like, yeah, you know, people well, need part to be of, here I, to work on projects and totally. I want to, I want to help other people see the, 
the projects that they feel passionate passionately about through. I'm not like a big, I want to be a director kind of person. I'm more of a like, yeah, I want to help other people with their visions kind of person. <laughs> That's so wholesome. And I love that. And I, I totally know what you mean, because like in my own story, thinking back to like high school, Terry, who was looking around and being like, what can I do with this cool thing that I like to do? I guess it's not an opportunity. So, you know, mm -hmm. just keeping building up more opportunities here is something that I also want to want to do. I'm yeah. wondering, um, you know, you got into fabrication. Did you need to go to Sheridan to get into this? Like thinking mm. realistically, you discovered that you liked fabrication in Sheridan because of the assignments. Then you right. got an internship because of Sheridan at mm -hmm. a very pivotal animation studio who then hired you professionally. Do you think you could have uh, ended up in a similar place now if you decided to do things on your own instead of going to school? Yes and no. No, because my meeting Evan and Phil in stop motion department through that internship was definitely a huge a huge stepping stone for me if I'm being realistic like yeah. that networking opportunity and you, you don't know, think you could have well done your them. research and figured out what stop um, motion studios are in Toronto and then reach out to them and be like hey I like your stuff yeah on the flip side <laughs> on the flip side um I didn't there were definitely were things about stop motion fabrication that I needed to learn for like a hundred percent. There's like so many little uh, tricks and techniques for how you can do literally everything. But in terms of fabrication itself, I didn't have to learn how to fabricate so much, if that makes sense. Cause I've, ah, I'm just outing myself more. Like I, I'm a, <laughs> I cosplay like so and like make armor and deal with paint and that's right. I forgot Casting. to ask you about all your cosplaying. <laughs> Just adding myself. But I've been doing that for so long in my life that um, a lot of the processes and materials were at least somewhat sim similar to me. So it wasn't like I was jumping into fabrication with like a, I've never done this thing before. It was kind of like I have a base jumping off point of how this should work. So that like baseline of knowledge I mean it would be the difference it would be similar to be going to Sheridan like I've never drawn before so I think that definitely helps with you know expediting yeah. my ability to <clears throat> fabricate versus if I had like no concept of what kind of glue works with this kind of material and had to figure that kind of thing out totally and um, like, I I feel that because like so I've done a lot of fabrication but I'm like what do I know how to use paper mache hot glue and felt and that's all I use for everything yeah I mean um, and it, it works and by no means am I an expert in uh, fabrication or every kind of material but part of the beauty of stop motion is you can just use cardboard and felt and it works right um but having a having a base understanding of just how materials interact with each other but did it help to for, for instance like when you're working with silicon puppets and professional materials did it, did it help to know that prior to working in a professional production like if i say i'm listening i don't know i say i'm in portland right now and i'm like i want to get in puppet fabrication and i look at the jobs and it's like you have to know how to use all these materials like is that yeah i, I would say it is worth investing in I mean, you don't have to go crazy, like figuring out everything, but to have like casted parts in silicone before, at least like some arms or something to have 
made a thing in latex just to dip your fingers into different kinds of not literally but dip your <laughs> fingers into don't dip your fingers into it um but into different kinds of materials and fabrication um processes just so you yeah you can you can say you've done it and like you don't have to be an expert in it but to at least have a base understanding of how something works and it's not totally totally new to you cool. when actually something um when i went to one of the ottawa animation festivals gosh i don't remember what year it was but it was the year that um andy ghent was there the i think he was he was the head of i hope i'm getting his name right the head of puppet puppetry for puppet fabrication for isle of dogs i hope i'm getting that right i think um i know his name memory is, is so bad andy anyways <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I he had a I really hope that's him. I think it's him. <laughs> I'm so bad with names. I'm sorry if that's not right, sir. Anyway, um he had like a meet and greet for Isle of Dogs. Um and I got to ask him a couple questions and I was kind of like this was right at the beginning of third year. So it was while I was starting the puppets for the third year group film and I was kind of like I really want to work in puppets for stop motion. Like what is your like number one advice for getting into puppets. Yeah. Um, and he was like, make as many puppets as you can. And I was like, okay. And like, I get it now because it's like, when you make a bunch of puppets, you're not doing the same thing over and over and over and over. You're like figuring out different materials. You're trying new things. Like you're leveling up that skill set. And I think at yeah. that point, at that point, maybe I had made two or three puppets. And then by the end of Sheridan, I had made like, 12 or something like that so I definitely did like make a bunch of puppets <laughs> do you remember anything that you any key thing that you learned in making those puppets that you were like I'm never doing that again and I'm doing it this way because it's just it just works so much better mm. off the top of your head if not it's fine I want to say magnets for feet but I could probably <laughs> do better magnets better sets better puppet design so maybe that's biased so like but also did you find that your puppet designs changed as you oh gosh yeah yeah like be, like <laughs> part of um I mean puppet design is factoring that in for sure and just um trying to figure out yeah will it stand will it bend I mean hey at Ultra City Smiths you know we had to sometimes cut out hunks of the puppet's body so they could make a certain pose yeah. which is fine but like you know having to think about those kind of things and totally. cut out hunks of their body <laughs> so um i love that advice that you just gave uh which was advice that you got about just making stuff i feel like that's good advice for anything like you want to oh, animate, yeah. animate every day if you want to draw draw every day if you want to puppet puppet every day um, I'm just thinking like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with your like origin story, <laughs> but I'm wondering, you know, if there's somebody listening, what would right now and they're in a similar place where they like have this want to desire to do something outside of what they're doing and they don't know how to start. What gave you the courage to, you know, you, you, you saved up, et cetera, but like, what gave you the courage to say yes to yourself? Maybe it was just a deep exhaustion with boring jobs. <laughs> And knowing that like, yeah, and just knowing like you could, you could do better, like, you don't have to be a superstar, but like you could at least have a job that makes you 
somewhat happy. Yeah. So now, now, now in your career, wherever you're at, would you ever go back? Gosh, I really would hope not. <laughs> like I said, as long as I'm working in art, I think I'd be happy. And I think even in the gaps where there isn't stop motion necessarily, there's still other stuff happening that as long as you stay brushed up on stuff um, and don't totally forget how to how to draw or <laughs> how to 2D animate. I mean, again, in an ideal world, that won't be the case. But I guess I would say to those people, like, you got to be really realistic. You got to like plan accordingly and, you know, not be in a situation where you're just stressed out about existing every day. But <laughs> I mean, it'll still happen if you're in art school. <laughs> but uh, again, you just, you only live once and it's just like, what is, yes, debt from art school is terrifying, but like really ultimately, what is that against feeling like you missed out on a certain kind of life because totally. you were scared about taking a shot on yourself? Totally. Investing in yourself because, I don't know, something, something inspirational. I can't. <laughs> I think that's inspirational enough. I, I love it. I mean, just hearing you talk about this is like, you know, I find it inspiring for myself. Aww. So this is cool. Um, is you know, fun. we've we've talked about how you made the change, how you went to school, how you got into puppet fabricating, some of the projects you worked on, and you mm -hmm. have this upcoming taste and some other things. So anything else that you wanted to share kind of as, as we're wrapping up a little bit? Um, gosh. I wish I had something cool to say. I super don't. Keep doing the art, kids. What, how about this? Was there anything that you didn't have throughout this journey that you wished you had to make it easier? And that more could money. be like <laughs> so more money or okay. More money, you know, you know, uh, going to school full time and not being able to, you know, going from working full time to going to school full time, even with savings is scary. Let's be realistic. Um, Other than money, because I feel like that's, <laughs> that's everybody obvious, could use easy. more money. Was there <laughs> anything that you, looking back, I guess, mm. that somebody, somebody who's in this journey themselves could pursue to make things easier for them? I think definitely I touched on it earlier too, perspective of what's important in art school and what ultimately yeah. isn't. Like, yeah, I think totally. I just think about weeks where I just, like really poured all of my time and effort on a project that was like, no shade, no shade, you, but like the bold portfolio. Did you do that because you didn't have clarity on what you wanted to pursue professionally? Yeah, I think time? it was a mixture of that and just the overall pressure in art school to put like 120% into every project always. Like, look at that person's art. Why am I not that good? And yeah, there are some people in art not school who like put in half the effort you do and you're like, why aren't you directing the next Pixar film already? Like, why are you here? It's fine. They probably will. Um, yeah, but, will. <laughs> but I mean, also, yeah, learning to not compare yourself to other people is very. I remember seeing like Gami Shi's like life drawing in class and everything, and it's like, oh wow, she's directing the next Pixar film coming up, and this is what her art looked like in in first year. Like, where am I going to end up? Like in exactly. the garbage? <laughs> no, you're going places, Terry. Please look at you and your see, fancy we'll see, podcast. We'll <laughs> don't forget me terry don't forget the list <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah I, I don't know i just 
I just, I guess I just, you know, you only live once is, I guess, my ultimate answer yeah. to that. Like, I wish I had something more. It's fine. Whatever. You don't have to be a super but... impactful, inspirational thing. You're just doing this for yourself and that's cool. Yeah. But it's just, hey, why, why live that mundane life when you can at least, you can at least try. What's some debt versus potential, potential happiness? <laughs> I feel you. I mean, debt is not fun, but you know, there's so much mm -hmm. more fulfilling. I personally feel so much more fulfilled in what I do now than what I was doing before. And I think yeah. that it just, I feel more complete as who I am, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like pursuing animation for me was a huge part of my personal identity figuring out um, because it was this big part of me that I just never allowed to have a, a say in who I was and like what yeah. I was doing. And now I'm fully putting that out and it just feels like I'm more of a complete person, I guess. Oh, you're sense. so inspirational too, Terry. Oh no, no. <laughs> okay, um, Yeah, and like, I feel very honored that I've been able to work on some pretty cool projects too, like, Ultra City Smiths was amazing because it was such a cool project with like so many cool people I got to meet. But then, yeah, working on things like, you know, Let's Go Luna with their like charming storytelling, telling stories from around the world. And like A Shaman's Apprentice obviously was very impactful. And it might win the Oscar. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's pretty wild to think about. Yeah. Gosh, but it's just uh, I feel honored that I've been able to work on projects that weren't just, you know, no shade on like, you know, some shoe commercials or something like everybody's got to eat and do what they got to do. But it feels very nice that I've been able to yeah. contribute in a little way to something that is important. And I hope I can keep doing that, too. That's why I love your pitches so much, Terry, because they're oh. so mixture of like fun and like actually important and smart and just, oh, I have feelings about stuff like that sometimes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Um, well, I love what you just said. I think if you keep enjoying and what you're doing, these special projects will find you. I, I mean, like clearly to me, your fabrication and art like stands out. So I think I think it's inevitable. So as long as you keep pursuing what you love, I think it's you're going to end up having a good time. Pretty much. I'm like, here's to stop motion staying in Toronto forever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, Megan. Well, super. Thank you for coming on the chat. I've super enjoyed, you know, I, I learned things I didn't know about you, which is really cool. And I'm glad oh. we chatted and hopefully we get to work together really soon. And if not, we'll just figure it out. We'll meet up for lunch or something. Yeah. We still have our bi-weekly lunches. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun. I hope I wasn't too flaily. Gosh. I don't think so at all. I hope my um, answers were sufficient. Try hard, great. kids. Do your do your best. Try hard, kids. Do your best. Great. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And if you're listening and you want to follow or reach out to Megan because she's just a cool person, you can do so by checking out her website, which is meganhetler.com. And I'll include that link in the description of this podcast. And that's all for now. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Will Farmer and the graphics by Daniel Abensauer. I encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work.